It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor, while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Good afternoon, everyone, or good morning, whatever time it might be that you are listening to this, or good evening. Um, today, I'm going to talk about something that I, I don't know why, it sort of goes in cycles as I see it, that, <clears throat> and I'm, I, what I'm going to be talking about is dealing with uh, bad behavior in relationships, whether that is how someone speaks, whether that is how someone addresses people, whether it is, you know... Uh, mentally uh, abusive or mentally coercive. And I'm seeing, unfortunately, more of it in relationships that, I, I, and I'm not sure why and how, why it's happening. I, and, and I'll just give you uh, an example of one of the things that spurred me on to talk about this today. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who is married, has a teenage son. She is the number one, you know, earner for the family by far. And she has just, she's gone through a huge amount of turmoil and upset with her father dying, her sister getting sick, her mother getting sick, her mother going in and out of care facilities, uh, having to deal with her two sisters fighting, having to deal with a house getting sold. It, it was just like one thing I talked to the other, and she's working, you know, 50 hours a week. And the husband really wasn't working. He, you know, has, he's a contractor. I mean, look, there's things that can be built and things you can go and work with someone. Anyways, to make a long story short, she is also working for this uh, individual who is very, um, very tightly wound. I think that's the nicest way I can put that. And flies off the handle regularly. Now, she's not an employee. She is a consultant. So this is not, you know, she's not obligated, you know, to him as an employee would be. But she does need this because she's the main money earner. And on Friday, her this guy blew up at her again and then came back in later and apologized, which had, he'd never done before. But when she went home and explained this to her husband, he sided with the guy, saying, well, you know, you got to keep the job. And the main reason 
you know, when we were talking about it this morning, I said, let's just be really clear. His fear is knowing that if you're not the one bringing in the money, he can't or he won't. And so his fear is you're going to leave, which she will eventually. She already has one foot out the door. But he, it's like, to me, he can't even see that his responding that way was not okay. And I, and I asked her, I said, at what point do you think he will understand this is not okay? She said, I don't think he will. And I'm reminded of watching, if you've ever seen this is a TV show called um, something about my, my demon cat or my devil cat, or, and this guy is in essence kind of like, considers himself a cat whisperer. And really in large part for most cats, if there's a reason that they're upset, it's mainly because of being something territorial uh, that they feel about that is being infringed on, either by another cat or by a human or a place that they are being very territorial about. Because cats are like that, even in a house. And uh, the husband would laugh when the cat would attack the wife when she was folding the laundry. And the cat whisperer guy said, do you realize how inappropriate that is? And he says, well, what do you mean? And I mean, I'm like, do we have to teach people about how to be empathetic? Do they not just know this? But finally it clicked that, hey, this was upsetting to her, and the fact that he was laughing about it, was really causing a strain in their marriage because he wasn't taking the fact that, you know, this cat was attacking her when she was doing things. He wasn't taking it seriously. Well, by the end of the show, yeah, he did. But that's the other thing. I look at what is happening in our society that we do not have a, you know, we don't have clear boundaries about how to be respectful, and how to treat people. I remember hearing, I think it was Jerry Seinfeld, uh, someone reported that when he was being interviewed, he said, what do, you think, what do you think is missing in our culture and our society right now? And he said manners, and I have to agree with him. We have the anonymity of social media and different things, and you can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself, you know, diddly bop five, and there's no filter on people saying things. And it's almost like who can say the most damaging thing to someone that, that you don't even know? We've made it, it's kind of, it's almost as bad as, you know, what the Romans would do, throwing the Christians into the, you know, Colosseum and, and seeing how badly people can, can wound or maim someone. I mean, bullying is not... Bullying in any form is not okay. But particularly when you're attacking someone about their body or what they're doing and they're doing their best efforts, just not okay. <laughs> okay, this is a slight departure on this. But I have to admit, I think United Airlines really stepped in a pile of serious doo-doo. When they had a gate agent stop, two young girls who were flying on a family pass, they stopped them from getting onto a plane. They were going from someplace, I think they were going to Minnesota. 
Uh, because they were wearing leggings. Now, what 10-year-old girl doesn't wear leggings? And the, so they stopped them and told them that there was a dress policy for anyone flying on an employee pass. Well, to say that it has caused a bit of an uproar is an understatement. I mean, I just read a couple of people saying, I fly a lot, a lot. I'm doing a tour. This is Sarah Silverman. I'm never flying United again because of one person. And again, it was social media that sort of backed up these girls saying, hey, what is going on here? The gate agent isn't letting a little girl on a plane because she's wearing leggings? Seriously? They let people on in mini skirts and short shorts. What's the difference? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so that's, that's um, kind of, as I would call it, you know, the you can't believe they actually did this in the news. But to go back to, when you are in a relationship with someone, usually people are expecting someone to behave nicely. And for many people, whether it is, and here's the thing, uh, any type of abuse or bad behavior, it's not a one-way street. It doesn't just occur with men. It doesn't just occur with women. It, it's, it's a two-way street, this puppy. And, and it doesn't just occur in straight, same thing in gay. I mean, my older sister had a terribly abusive uh, relationship. And again, I don't know where people think that it's okay to behave like that. The, the insane jealousy, the accusations, the, um, and, and most part, when I look at the behaviors of people, it's because they are scared. It's because they are fearful. And Many times, if you ever meet someone who rages, and talking about the friend of mine who is a consultant to this individual, he is an absolute rager. And invariably, underneath the raging is fear or something that they just, they, they have been wounded themselves. And fear they'll be found out, fear that someone will know something about them, but it's, it's a behavior that is designed to isolate. And I know of someone right now who is preparing to go into court for a physical abuse that was so heinous. And this person, and this is a pattern, these things, you know, kind of like it kept escalating. It's like when you hear about these men who end up being jailed and they're, you know, two wives before also just disappeared. I don't know where on, you know, here, let's, on a karmic balance scheme, where did these people come from? And yet if someone is ever in that, one of the toughest things for them to do is to break out of it because of the shame, because they have, they may have children that they can't leave, they'll be left with nothing. And the person I know, fortunately, that was not the case. But the mental and the physical and emotional abuse that they were subjected to has changed them. There, there's now they are dealing with uh, uh, PTS, post-traumatic stress. They are dealing with uh, 
they are triggered by so many things. And any time there is something where someone, you know, comes after you and attacks you, that is like at, at which point you no longer feel safe. So I'm, I'm coming up to my first break. I'm going to go over some of the things that someone can do when if you think you are in it or you know someone who is in something like that and what are your possible solutions. Here come the tunes and then I'm going to come back with solutions for what to do when someone isn't behaving well. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. was such good medicine, ancient Greek physicians sent their patients to visit comedians to be healed. In the 1300s, surgeon Henry D. Mondeville used to tell jokes to his patients in the recovery room. Dr. Mondeville must have been a bit of a vitzel such. That's a person who tells jokes and no one ever laughs. We laugh six times more when in the company of another person than we do by ourselves. And 30 times more when we are in a group. Laughter isn't under our conscious control. If you've ever started cackinating at school, in church, or at a funeral, you know what I'm talking about. Cackinating is another word for uncontrollable laughter. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Harvard Medical School encourages us to improve our diet by eliminating processed foods to lower the risk of heart disease. By upgrading your diet, you can lower your blood pressure, high cholesterol, and insulin levels, as well as prevent obesity and improve the function of your blood vessels and heart. Refined or processed foods include sweets and sugars, white bread, white rice, and other refined or processed carbohydrates. High levels of processing strips the food of important nutrients and can destroy the food's natural structure. It often adds ingredients that are less healthy, like sodium, trans fats, and sugars. Some research shows that fructose is metabolized differently than other sugars and can increase the liver's production of new fat. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Before the break, I said, I, you know, this would be the segment where we talk about, you know, when someone is not behaving well. And yet, let's look at this from another perspective. I was just um, in the chat room with Karina and talking about how many, you know, 
Lifetime movies have, you know, this, this type of thing. I mean, we truly have made being abusive entertainment. That's what a lot of Twitter and social media things end up becoming. And, but, and then that sort of foments it. It makes it become even worse. And when I look at, I mean, how many TV shows do we have to watch or be aware of where all they're doing is talking about an abusive relationship where they finally found the person, you know, 10 years after the fact. Meanwhile, family's been devastated. You know, children have lost, you know, parents. And we make a point of highlighting bad behavior. In the same way, we talk about someone being, you know, a deadbeat dad or, you know, a mom who's, you know, doesn't do what they're, you know, supposed to do. But no one's talking about the hundreds of millions of parents who are good parents. That's not newsworthy. Instead, we have to have scripted reality shows where people are yelling and screaming at one another. And on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I know one of the women fairly well. Another one I know of, you know, uh, tangentially. But neither of them is actually like this in real life. And yet they, it's, you know, like what they do with, you know, the dating shows or whatever it is they put these people, like the bachelor and bachelorette, they put them in this house, isolate them completely from people so no one can talk to them or they have a, you know, a normal conversation with them and just feed them alcohol down a fire hose. And then the number one thing they're trying to do is get bad behavior because then that will create more stuff that can be posted. No. I think it's time. I mean, here's the other thing. If we look at what Ellen does, Anytime she has a chance to highlight people who are behaving, you know, in a manner that they don't have to, that they're doing it just because that's the thing to do, that the more people that see this, the better. Because we do tend to very much act like those that we are around, which is why I tell people, you know, if you are having a problem in your relationship, but you do want your relationship to continue. Do not hang out with angry, divorced people or people who are in crappy, shitty relationships. Don't do that because what will happen is you will then become that. It's like the people who hang out with someone at school and the person is, thinks that studying is lame or there's no reason to be doing it and why are you even bothering. That's a similar thing. You know, you hang out with the friends who eat all of the crappy food and, you know, drink to excess, you're going to do the same. So what are some of the solutions? Because many times this behavior is a slippery slope, and if you don't stop it, it continues. So, I mean, there's the other thing of having really good boundaries. And I'll borrow from Brene Brown, who said that when she said the best people she knows who get things done and who are people that really deliver information well and take care of things well in their own lives, she said they are the most boundaried people she knows. So having your own specific boundaries on how someone speaks to you, on how they are allowed to 
Um, and sometimes it's not easy to do. But, you know, just say, look, uh, that is just not okay. Um, unless you learn to speak to me in a manner that's acceptable for me, um, we're not going to be having any more conversations. There is an art to conversation. There is an art to being able to say what you like. And to me, the, Brene Brown said, I, my boundaries, she said, became much better, much better. And, uh, and I've made this comment before that she was talking about this person who was upsetting her and they bothered her and why were they doing this to her? And, and her husband just said to her, you know, maybe they aren't doing anything to you. Maybe they're doing the best that they can. And they, they really are. Because I think most people really are trying to do the best that they can. And sometimes... It may push your buttons, particularly if it's a family member. And they do push their buttons because they put the buttons there, so don't worry. But even if you're going somewhere and <clears throat> you're in line at the grocery store, you're stuck in traffic, you know, almost every person is really, truly trying to do the best they can. Let's say someone is slowing down in front of you because they're lost. Well, they may be, they're trying to find out where they're going and... and they are trying to do the best they can. Now, it may tick you off, yet if you have a little, you know, boundaries for yourself or that, hey, ask yourself this question. Five years from now, will it matter if I got mad? And if it doesn't, why are you getting mad? All you're doing is stressing yourself out. And that's the more stress you put yourself under, the less healthier you're going to be and the less healthier you're going to walk in the door to a relationship or you you know get yourself all upset don't do don't don't allow stuff to trigger you as much so the five years from now i think is a great question to ask yourself and also to look at they may be trying to do the best thing the best you know way that they can i <clears throat> asked this person can they make a statement to their husband? And she said, well, no, not really, because he won't listen. I said, the important thing is you're listening. Not that he's listening, because he can do stuff. I said, let's be clear. He's on his own tennis court. You're not playing with him at this point. He's literally playing with the ball machine, and he's not playing with you, because you can only play on your side of the court. So the more that you are forward about what you're doing and saying this, this is what's acceptable, this is what's not, and it isn't about yelling or screaming, and it's the same way that if you're dealing with a recalcitrant child, you basically just tell them, okay, you're going to be going there. You can go there with a good attitude or you can go there screaming and kicking, but you are going there. And that's the same way. Many times people never learn to put and have the responsibility of their way of speaking. And they learn it from someone because they don't start that way. It's like a dog doesn't learn to be angry and aggressive. It learns that because in response to other behaviors. Same thing with an aggressive cat. They learn it because of something in their environment. The same for humans. So... If you know and are aware that 
It's normally fear that triggers it, or if it's anger. And But that's, here's the thing, you're not making them angry. They made themselves angry. You're not making them fearful. They're making themselves fearful. And this person who is going into court for this abuse, it is because of, I mean, they were kept drugged and, you know, alcohol first thing in the morning for like a year. And your brain, it it gets, you know, shifted and twisted with that. And that was because this person was trying to get all of their assets. And I was speaking to another friend of mine, and he said a woman who was a physician, and, excuse me, the new, so I'm using inverted commas because I'm being sarcastic, the new boyfriend was wanting to get access to all of her money, so, because he wasn't wanting to do a thing, he wasn't wanting to work, and, you know, she was going, whoa, what in heaven's name is he doing? And here's the thing, for people who get stuck into this cycle, often it's the last thing they expected because they don't think that way. And what you have to be aware of, if you are around someone who's like that or a friend who is like that, this is not about them not having the ability to see it. It's more about making this statement without judgment. And it wasn't until someone said to the woman who's going into court, you are in serious danger. You need to get out of here. And they were able to observe it from, and finally, they heard it. But it was something that, and this has been going on now, the trying to get this cleared up and all of the damage that occurred for almost a year. And yet it was something that finally they heard what this person, this person said, you got to get out of here. At which point, with not being drugged and not being told to take these things and do these things, but that was, the person was highly manipulative because they were so scared themselves. They had nothing. They had lost their business. They had lost their home. Even their own mother would not have anything to do with them. And it was because this person was incredibly good at keeping people isolated. And that's what abusers do. They isolate and kept all of the friends in separate pockets so that nobody knew what was going on. And the friend who finally told this woman, you're in danger, it was when he found out that this person had literally run through hundreds of thousands of dollars in months and then lied about it. That was when he went, oh, he's doing the same thing again. Here comes the break, and when I come back, I'm going to be talking about some more things in the news and ways that you can help someone in this situation. This is 
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Padgett, techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. for a long time that diamonds are precious or worth a lot of due to rumors. That means money. Did you ever wonder how a polished pebble becomes one of the most expensive things on earth? Two centuries ago, diamonds were worn only by royalty. But in 1870, miners discovered huge deposits of diamonds in South Africa. And soon after, the diamond market was flooded. That's when a man named Cecil Rhodes started buying up shares of the diamond mines. Eighteen years later, Rhodes controlled the entire South African supply of diamonds. He started his own newspaper and magazine articles with clever ad campaigns about cut, clarity, color, and carrot. He also convinced women that they weren't truly engaged to be married without a diamond ring. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Counting calories is important to losing weight and or maintaining your present weight. But are 500 calories from french fries the same as 500 calories of celery? Prevention Magazine tells us that not all calories are created equal. Even though the celery and french fries are the same amount of calories, the celery takes longer to digest and will keep you satisfied longer. Studies show that food that takes longer to chew can increase your calorie burn, and the quality of calories might matter more than the overall quantity. Those who ate a greater amount of certain unhealthy foods, like processed meat, french fries, and sugar-sweetened beverages, gained more weight faster over time than people who ate healthier foods, such as fruits, vegetables, nuts, and low-fat yogurt. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I know this is not the world's cheeriest conversation, yet it is one that I think that more people need to talk about because there's so much shame and guilt and hidden, you know, you know, once someone gets out of this, they don't want to talk about the fact that this happened to them. And I'm including, you know, the men out there as well where someone... Um, you know, because everyone thinks, okay, guys are, you know, tough and strong and they can deal with this. Um, or, you know, that these things don't happen to them. Sure they do. And the other thing, you know, that they're not going to talk about the fact that, you know, you know, maybe some, you know, small woman, you know, smashed them and, you know, they were raised in uh, an environment where you, it was, you just simply did not hit women. But she was raised in an environment where people did. And... This is something they usually, it isn't until there's the complete breakdown of the relationship that it will come out and usually in a court case. But what 
the big thing to do, there's a couple of things that if you know someone who is dealing with this uh, or you are, you know, dealing with it uh, around someone or, or yourself, keep reaching out to people. One of the biggest things that happens in these situations, whether it's emotional, you know, or whether it's physical, you know, bad behavior, or whether it is, you know, hey, listen, if someone's a serial cheater, what does that do to someone else's self-esteem? It just erodes it. And there are many times where people, I was reading this article, a British woman saying that, Oh, yes, well, I think it's really lovely. They, so-and-so, she, she totally put up with all of the philandering of so-and-so. Good for her. Good sport. Good sport. What kind of a shitty answer is that? That is not a great answer. Bottom line is this person's, you know, their own boundaries and their own feeling of themselves socially, and they had a huge profile. I mean, for heaven's sakes, you know, one of the highest royal-born families having to put up with this nonsense? Uh, no, forget it. But what the person can do, keep reaching out, because the isolation that occurs is one of the worst things. And then, in the same way, they are constantly being fed a message that's not true. They're being fed a message that they're not worthy, they're not lovable, there's something wrong with them, and that's further erosion, either by behavior or by words or by physically. And the other thing is... Be aware that if this someone is in a situation like this, chances are the other person is highly suspicious and monitoring every single thing they're doing, either making them put the phone on, um, uh, have a voicemail, uh, pardon me, have um, put it on um, speakerphone, or every email is sent through so... They'll try and block certain emails from people. So the thing is always to have just a simple conversation that lets them know you are there. And there may be times where they might have more chance to be able to talk when, for example, they go out to get something. And then you can have more of a conversation. But truly, there's a reason why for people who are in abusive relationships, they go back to the abuser on average seven times before they finally leave. And that was also the case. It wasn't seven times, but it was about five. And finally, they, they left. But the important thing was is this was not about them not being smart enough, not being aware enough. This was someone who the emotional blackmailing that was done to them because they really did want to love and be loved. And this person held that over them constantly. So knowing that, you know, you've got the emotional, you know, element to it, the important thing for you is, not to be judgmental about the person. Because what often happens is that people will then um, become, oh, you're, you're judging this person, I, um, they, they'll jump to defend them. Or say, and that's, what, that's why uh, physical abuse, when officers go to respond to it, 
that's why it's so dangerous for them because the person who may have called uh, for, you know, I'm being, you know, attacked, they then attack the police when they try and do something against the, the abuser. So <clears throat> it's not about getting stuck in the middle. It's more about letting the other person know, I see what's going on and I am there and I'm not going away. And that was one of the hardest things for this person, you know, that I spoke about, because they couldn't, they were in another country, they couldn't work, they had, you know, no ability to do anything from a banking standpoint. So, you know, they were really isolated and uh, kept away from family. So be aware that you may be seeing something that it may not look like it at first, but if you're around it, you will see it. And is there someone that you know who has dealt with it within their own family? That was very helpful for one woman to be aware that it may be that, you know, this is just what is going to happen. And But again, talking about boundaries, this woman put her boundaries in place relative to her sister. And her sister is a very bright woman, works for a very high-end store in New York City, is married to a complete deadbeat who then told her to get off her medication, which she needed to be on. And he said, no, you need to be off that medication, which then makes her paranoid. So then he can control her more because that's what he's feeding into. And he knew this. And she's been married to him now 25 years. The guy has basically never really worked and lived off her and always had some excuse. But, you know, from a karmic standpoint, who knows why that occurred. But my friend, who is the older sister, she's the one that read Mr. You know, Useless, the riot act, and basically told him to F off, never talk to her again, do not ever call me, do not. And, you know, she tries to call her sister, but her sister is... You know, he's there listening to every single thing because him controlling her is his full-time job. And, you know, that's, I mean, how, how completely sad is that? Now, the other thing that we can look at when it comes to abuse, and I'm just going to skip here for a minute, Pizzagate and the pedophiles, they are rounding them up. You're not going to hear about it in the main media. You will hear about it if you know where to look. And the gentleman who started, uh, I was seeing him being interviewed, uh, the World Wide Web, he said, the World Wide Web now, he said, I don't know what is happening. He said, it is coming apart because you don't know whether or not you're getting misinformation or disinformation or what's real or what's not. And I remember... When I was uh, in university, the, one of the professors said, whatever you do, do not type your paper first. Write it out longhand, which people don't do now anyway. But he said, because if you type it, he said, it'll look too good and you'll believe what's written there and you won't make any corrections, but it will need corrections. And I know as an author of you know, five books and gazillions of articles, writing is not about editing. Writing is about rewriting. And don't edit what you're saying at that moment. But to go back to Pizzagate and to go back to the pedophiles and all the stuff that's happening in Washington, D.C., I find it amazing that these people think this is okay. Now, for some of them, I know they have been coerced, 
they either got drunk or they were drugged, and then they were doing things, and there's videos of them doing it. And that is their biggest nightmare. The other thing is there are times when people just really don't think that there's anything wrong with doing this. And uh, I use as an example Joyce Myers, and she is a, a minister who has a, very, who has a huge following. And her father abused her for years, and she said, I didn't know what made me matter, my father or my mother, who didn't act like anything had happened. And I was speaking with someone actually just this morning about that, and that, you know, there, it, it runs in families. And I know of a, an individual <clears throat> who her, she and her sister and her mother had all been abused by the grandfather. And finally, they brought him into court. Now, what happened to him, I have no idea. But this person I was talking with this morning said it was a young woman who her grandfather had abused her mother and then her, and he only stopped. They were living in somewhere in the south when she got a, you know, a, a rifle. And when you're cocking a rifle, there's no mistaking the sound of, of a gun, of a, the bullets dropping into the chamber of the shotgun, dropping into the chamber of a shotgun. And that's when she said, you get the F off of her or I'm going to blast your balls off. And that was the last time he did it. But it was only when the sister stepped in to protect. And there's something, Joyce Myers talks about her father, and she said he didn't think he was doing anything wrong. Somewhere there's a deep disconnect between this happening and people thinking that this is okay. Fortunately... We are having more people come forward and saying, we know it's real, we know it's happening, and we're going to step in and keep people protected, keep children protected, and adults. I mean, it's the same thing. There are times when people, they literally get to the point they don't think this is wrong. One young woman was on Dr. Phil, and she had been sold by her parents, and she referred to the pimp who was pimping her out as the man who owned me. That's all she knew. And yet finally, something fell into place where she was able to get out. But that is still, that mind, that, that comment there was still, you know, running her, you know, her mental system. So we're coming up to my next break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about dealing with change and making it necessary. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. It's 
few years ago, some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley, or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought the 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy wrinkles and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Have you tried to get on a regular exercise program but find that you keep quitting? I know that's frustrating, but there is a way to rise above it. Changing your approach may be all you need. You may feel burned out or exhausted because you're overdoing it. Going from getting no exercise at all to working out several days a week at a high intensity is bound to make you quit. Maybe you find walking on the treadmill boring, or when you cycle, you think, do I really have to do this the rest of my life? Or you may be so sore that you can barely get yourself up to exercise the next day. Be sensible. Find an exercise mode that you'd love doing. Get proper instruction. Don't skip your workouts and mix it up. Do a variety of things and don't let boredom set in. Keep up the good work and don't quit. All of your time and effort are well worth it. For the Fitness Minute... I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming back. And what I, and any questions you have, you can contact me on loupaget.com. That's L-O-U-P-A-G-E-T.com. And one of the things that when I'm dealing with people, I will often ask them, how are they with change? And many times people will say, oh, I don't like change. Well, my comment is five seconds ago wasn't now. So every day is a change. Yesterday is not today. Today is not tomorrow. And yet we know we're comfortable with that cycle. We're comfortable with, oh, it's 3 o'clock, now it's 5 o'clock. So when you're looking about dealing with change, particularly if you're wanting a previous conversation, let's say you want to get out of a relationship let's say you want to get into a relationship. What are and who are your role models? Who are the people that you look to as an example? If you want to get into a relationship, do not look at romantic comedies as a template for what really happens in the real world. It isn't, unless it's something like The Notebook where it's a little more, yeah, they're crazy about one another, but they also fight like mad. I mean... That's the, you know, tremendous emotional thing that occurs in some situations. But the producers knew from the moment that when they were doing the cold reads, 
when Rachel McAdam came in and was doing the scene of, you know, it, and it was a crying, it was a very emotional scene, they knew immediately, boom, because they saw the chemistry between herself and Ryan Gosling. Anyway, so when you're making changes in relationship, one of the most important things you have to know is where would you really like to be? What is the horizon you're heading towards? What is the feeling you wish to create for yourself? And when you know that and it feels good inside of you, you are already attracting it. I'll just use an example. I saw this individual. His name's uh, James Altucher. Altucher? Altucher. Anyways, he is a multimillionaire, 48. I don't know where he lives. But he had two apartments, and he decided he was just, it was making him too anxious thinking about all of these belongings that he had. And so he decided he was going to sell everything, get rid of everything he had. Now he carries around uh, two bags. One is about three changes of clothing, and the other is his laptop, um, Kindle, phone, whatever, and chargers. And what he does is he lives 100% of the time now in Airbnb. I knew another individual who, same thing, he just would go from hotel to hotel. And it wasn't until he adopted twins that he settled down into a home because he wanted to be a father. So he had twins and he then decided, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be so nomadic. But the feeling that this James Altucher wanted to create for himself is he wanted no stress. And he felt that it was he was getting too stressed out and couldn't be as creative as he wanted to be. And now this totally suits and is, it's in an alignment with what and how he wants to feel. I will use another example. He said the woman who was helping him clean the place out found his degree, I believe it was from Cornell, and asked him, do you want me to save your degree from Cornell? And he said, hell no. And she said, what? And he said, look, I haven't even used that thing in 30 years. And it is a complete waste of, it was a complete waste of my time to go to university. Which is another thing I would like to talk about, the changing of how we are viewing everyone always having to go to college. I just had a conversation last week with a friend of mine whose son is graduating, and graduating in the area of, he is um, software programming, but he's going to be graduating, and this is from, and this is not high, high-end uh, university, but he's going to be graduating with 60000 in debt. And that debt is going to be also something that's going to be changing, because a lot of people now who are just struggling just to try and pay their debt, there's going to be an, uh, an occurrence globally of currencies that will shift and change everything so people no longer will be under this incredible burden of debt for something that they really that the banks and, and other groups really didn't have the legality to do in the first place. But another thing when it comes to change is looking at what makes you happy. I know way too many people who are doing jobs that 
or, or ended up getting degrees to create a nice smile on the face of their parents or their grandparents. So they went into law, they went into medicine, they went into this, they went into that, became an accountant, they followed in the family footsteps, and it wasn't what they wanted to do. And they, they're not happy. It isn't their heart. And when people are following their passion, they are, you can't stop them. It feels good. They feel good. They know they're doing what works for them. So for some, I mean, you can be making you know, six-figure job in something that is more of a, not so much a software computer tech area, but it could be something where it is a trade. And that's where you get a job where you get training. And you don't come out with a degree that, I mean, I use my degree ongoingly because I work, do a lot of work with sciences. But even then, the science information that I got isn't overly accurate, and I'm constantly having to upgrade the information as I know it. So rather than putting yourself through a college or a university degree that you come out the other end and then you go, now what am I going to do? And I can't get a job in the area that I was trained in, and I have $100,000 in debt. What is my next step? Taking a job at, you know, for a minimum wage job where it's like never being able to get ahead and not being able to start a life. So one of the things I look at when people want to do something like that, I ask them, how do you make yourself necessary? How do you create something? Now, we've got more AI coming forward, artificial intelligence. We've got more robots coming forward. And I mean, I just saw one. Your pizza may be delivered soon by this little robot. It's already being done in Europe. And so what they look at is the jobs that are most at risk are highly repetitive, either manufacturing jobs or banking jobs or in jobs. I mean, all you have to do to see that, you know, banks may not be the place to go if you want to get an economics degree. All you have to do is look and see, sure enough, there aren't very many people here. Same thing in retail. You can shoot a cannon down the hallways of some of these places now. Again, it's repetitive work. So if it is something that you create, then you are artificial intelligence cannot be creative. It's programmed. (laughs) So if you are someone who writes or if you are creative on another area, if you create something that is a form of intellectual property, that is what is going to make you be valuable. Even if you're someone who writes, you know, software or gaming things, the majority of gaming is kind of like, okay, great. Uh, We're going to give each one a gun. We're going to give them, you know, things to hide behind. We're going to give them something where they can jump off. Oh, quick, let's put a cowboy hat on that one. hardly novel. And the other thing of, of when you are doing something that treats people well, chances are vibrationally the universe is going to support you. I'm not joking. It is one of those things that <clears throat> if you have an idea for how to support people or how to help people, help have them you know, be the best that they can be, chances are the universe is going to send something in your direction that will support that. And my friend who had the total blow up over the weekend, 
where, you know, on Friday it was the guy she worked for, and then it was her husband, and it was just like, oh. Saturday and Sunday, it was like the universe opened up everything, and all the stuff that she wanted to get done was getting done. And it got done in a way that she could not have expected. But the real thing, too, when you want to change something in your life, one of the first things you also have to look at is how you're treating you. Because if you aren't eating the right food, if you aren't, you know, if you aren't taking care of yourself, if you're medicating yourself too much, we are so highly over-medicated in this country. Go on to something like naturalnews.com and check out how to take care of yourself better. Change the food you're eating. And, you know, the inflammation, I had this conversation with my friend last week, the inflammation in his body, it can be taken care of by food that he would be eating, turmeric, mixed with olive oil and, and with black pepper, getting the sugar out of your diet, something, change how you, how you have your body operate, and the rest of your life is going to change dramatically. You'll become more regular. You will not be bogged down. You won't have brain fog. It is amazing what can happen when you start eating clean food. I mean, making yourself feel good is something that, you know, like in, in any relationship, um, change is coming because it's on its way. It can't help but. But if you are feeling better about yourself, if you feel you look better, you sleep better, you are on your way. And it, it's only a matter of time. It's that tipping point. You do all of these things and then all of a sudden, bam, you're, you're feeling better. I watch people have it happen all the time. And when you're dealing with change, find someone who will do it with you whether it's, you know, a phone call once a week or once a day, and you go, hey, by the way, I did this, this is great. I've decided I want to do a trade. I've decided I, you know, I'm interested in some courses. Listen, Steve Jobs did not graduate. As a matter of fact, if he hadn't dropped out and gone to a community college and studied a calligraphy class, we never would have all the beautiful fonts that Apple does. And then, of course, ever so charming, Microsoft copied every freaking thing that was done. So... Coming down to the close, any questions, you can find me at loopadget.com. Thanks for being with me. Have a lovely rest of the day. Thank you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 